0: Here's the thing, with one song each. I've been wanting to do that podcast by that name for two years. Various holdups and working out the concept everything else limited that production time. We finally started recording episodes a year ago, and I sat on a bunch of those episodes because I kept waiting for us to get a professional logo. Didn't work out. Eventually, Illegal Machine created a logo that looks great, so we've been using that instead, and then finally got the show out. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to do a music show is because of all the great musicians that passed in 2016. Prince, George Michael Leonard Cohen I want to do episodes for all those guys but I wasn't quite sure if it would work within the concept of one song each or if there's gonna to have to be a rolled spine my feeling is that if we're going to do a show based solely in music we ought to just do it on the music show that we have so we're not going to do one song each though it'll just be under that brand instead we're going to do mixtapes and in particular this will be a memorial mixtape and since the most recent musician to pass is Tom Petty we'll just go ahead and start with him the following program contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. music alternative. 94.5. The buzz. Z-107. Houston's only
1: classic rock and roll station. up a thunderstorm. Rock 107 96.5. Rock 101.
2: A-L-O-L.
1: It's what's happening in today's music.
0: Yeah. Seven, kick fast. good times
1: and great. 97.9 a box. i I'm Diablo Frank. I'm a legal machine, and with me is Mister Fix It.
0: I'm trying to remember when I first became aware of Tom Petty. I want to say that on one of those uh, music video shows, and I don't—I don't think it was one of the major ones that were usually on the weekends all overnight. I think it was one that they were syndicated on UHF channels in like weekend afternoons. I think they played at least a snippet, or maybe it was something like Solid Gold. You know, one of those shows where they would do the chart countdown. Yeah. And I want to say I saw a snippet of the video for uh, Refugee because I remember seeing him with the with with the street lights on him and the, like the cool moody quality that had like kind of gritty 70s film stock that they used for that and something about that kind of struck me so I think that's when I first became aware of the existence of Tom Petty do either of you guys remember when you first saw him?
1: so with me I think it's gotta be Free Fallen I think that's the yeah. first song I remember of his Free Fallen
0: would not shock me at all
1: because th- I think that was a pretty gigantic that hit. was
0: enormous and, I-
1: and that in and the video I just remember was so fucking cornball when the chick is uh, skateboarding it's like the worst <laughs> <I> freaking <forgot. laughs> cringe inducing shit ever. but I think that's I think Free Fallen is probably the one where I... But I don't even know if it would have been... When did Free Fallen come out?
0: 89. Okay, so it might have been when Free Fallen came mm-hmm. out. I, did, I just remember it being fucking omnipresent. You yeah. could not escape Can't from Free Fallen. From and I think part of it was that since uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers came out in 75, 76, they were firmly entrenched in that AOR era of, of rock music. And so they had those fans. and then he exploded again. He, he, he never went away. He was big throughout the 80s. But I think with the, the album full moon fever he re-exploded in, in their children basically the children of the people from the who listened to him in the 70s got into him as teens in the late 80s early 90s and so he basically had two generations that fucking just fell hard for this song and it was just everywhere you could not escape this song and it's a pretty damn great song I, I enjoyed I, I, I do have resistance to it because it was so all over the place and I heard it yeah. so many fucking times but it, so it's one of those when you first hear the chords you're like oh god it's free falling again yeah. but by the end of the song you're
1: singing you're like, along yeah, to it okay, you're singing along with it exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a, all of his songs I think are very sing-alongable yeah very contagious yeah for sure what about you Mr. Fix-It? Um, my mom is a Tom Petty
2: fan so I've heard many of the songs and I remember catching them on MTV but I was never a big big fan like oh I gotta hear me some Tom Petty but I do remember I worked at a Cinnabon in high school red in a mall and um, I became a huge tom petty fan because i would have to go in early in the mornings we would have to go early morning saturdays to start baking cinnamon rolls for the day and the mall radio station had a speaker right over our rolling pin station and i remember hearing last dance with mary jane and i remember the other guy that's with me was like dude talking weed and i mean we just i was dying laughing the song is
1: i think mary jane's last dance yes but he was like... Top but, top but he
2: sings Last Dance with Barry
1: J. I I know, I'm say, just saying, oh. the, the actual title of the song is basically backwards from what they sang.
2: Dyslexic. So, I became a fan that day because I remember they played the song like every fifth or sixth time, over and over and over. And, um, yeah, he became a fan. I started you don't of
0: it. It's a really good tune. Yeah, it's
2: a really good tune. It's-
0: and that's another one, as soon as you hear the first chords, you're like, you know uh, exactly you already what noticed. you're hearing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- so, in, so he- tell me if I'm wrong here. That was another... How far apart was Free Fallen and...
0: Same album as 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 uh, Last Chance. R- 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 oh, really? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Same f- they're both off. Full Moon Favor was a huge Are album. Are you one hundred percent sure of that? I-, I will research right now. Internet I- save us. I feel like that song came
2: years later. Yeah. yeah, it feels like he kept he would like he would appear m- and then vanish and then reappear and then reappear.
0: Full Moon Fa- Favor released in nineteen eighty nine. The full track listing is hold on. Going to make me go through a gate to get to the fucking track listing. Hold on, that's dumb. Full track listing. Free Fallen, First track. Second track. I won't back down. Uh, Love's a long road. A face in the crowd. Running down a dream. I feel a whole lot better. You're so bad. Depending on you. The apartment song. All right. Okay. No, you're right. It wasn't no, I was the same about album,
2: to say, album. It couldn't be the same. Thing. But
0: uh, look at that fucking album, though. Yeah. Jesus Christ. eighty-nine. We'll come back to that, though. Okay. So it must have been. Okay. So it's ninety-one. No. What the fuck is last? Season?
2: Hold on.
1: Ninety-three.
0: Oh, was the album after that.
2: Yeah, Holy shit!
0: I did not realize it was that far back.
2: So he kept himself pretty relevant,
1: pretty well.
0: Okay, but you were talking about Last Dance. It was released in
1: November of ninety four.
0: Really, I did not realize it was that late. Yeah, Wildflowers. I think. Right? Was it on Wildflowers? I'm looking into it now. Track listing.
1: And Prince. Look at that. He played with Prince.
0: No, it wasn't on that
1: album. I think it came out on his Greatest Hits album, which was recorded while they were doing
0: Wildflowers. Eh. Because the it's Greatest 35.
1: Hits album came out in 93, right before. Which was
0: the biggest album they ever had, by the way.
1: Yeah, Mary, L- Mary Jane's Last Dance was an original song for his Greatest Hits album. Oh, wow. Good call. Greatest Hits sold 12 million copies.
0: Yeah, it was their best-selling album. Uh, when I was Googling, did Tom Petty die, one of the other questions was, when was uh, his, his prime, or when was what was he most popular? And they pointed out that his great, when the Greatest Hits came out, and that was the best-selling album that he ever had. Understandably, because it's so packed with hit songs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's crazy. And then the the, but, new, but, the new track, who oftentimes is like a throw-in on right. the greatest hits. Well, it just, it ended just up more, possibly yeah. being the biggest hit on his greatest hits album, which is I don't know if that's that's never happened. I it, it, can it, guarantee you It, it that's was never happened. It, it
0: was definitely one of the top hits he ever had. Gorgeous music video, really well shot. Creepy because it's it's dead creepy. Is,
1: creepy is kind of a theme with a lot of his music yes. videos. Yes.
0: Yeah, which is, uh, I think uh, makes kind you, of cool, he likes to make you
1: uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah.
0: which is funny because his music is very warm and, and inviting. And then the hey, videos okay. are somewhat ominous. But but let's, before we get too far off track, on the video, it's uh, dead Kim Basinger, and he is at a mortuary or a coroner's office. A coroner. uh, I think he's at a coroner. And he steals her body and takes it home with him and dresses it up and puts makeup on it and plays around with it for a little bit and then dumps it in the ocean. And the last shot is her body sinking, and then she rises back up as though she's dead or undead or alive. She or something. wakes up. Yeah. But apparently, the, 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 my interpretation of the song is it's him singing about the last time he smoked marijuana. That's
1: From what what I understand. the story. From what I understand, that's the 1990s urban legend. Hey, man,
0: he's he's talking talking about weed. Of course, It's not true. So he's not talking about the last dance with a chick who died? Is it like a chick who OD? So so
1: this is what I understand the song was based off the Wikipedia I read a few minutes ago. It was actually supposed to be a song about an Indiana girl on an Indiana night, but the chorus, Rick Rubin thought the chorus was horrible, so they rewrote the chorus to Last Dance with Mary Jane, which made everybody start to think it was a drug song. Basically, there's no real meaning to the song. If you think it's about drugs, it can be about about drugs. I'm gonna say it's about the marriage of one. So you can make it be about marriage of one man. That's fine. Let's keep it green.
0: Yeah, but really well shot music video, very attractively shot. Uh,
1: but great I, I fucking wanna, song. I, I just wanted to say that, and you guys are gonna hear this a lot in this music podcast. We're going to associate a lot of these songs with their videos. But I don't know when we were growing up, you couldn't disassociate the two, right? I mean, well, the, I don't the know video that that
0: happens the... now either, because so many people get their music from YouTube now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't think it's as
1: big a deal though. Remember, remember, the MTV Video Music Awards was like... A huge deal, you know what yeah. I mean? It was all about producing. The it's most still
0: crazy. kind of a huge. I mean, they, they, no, the I don't VMAs think, are still. I no, think. I, I no, don't, I don't know. Saying. I don't. I'm not, it's probably
2: not as much of a cultural touchstone, but it's still a pretty big deal. It seems like there's so there's so many award shows now. It's just one of many. Like you really can't well, give credence to one over another. I don't, I don't
0: know that award shows in general have nearly as much cultural importance as they used to have. But I think that relative to award shows, it's still one of the big ones because people still talk about the VMAs. It still blows up all over fucking Twitter Molly Cyrus made a big splash on that a few years ago
1: and no, then she hosted more, it the that, following year nah, I think that's more the spectacle of yes. the award show not you tuning in to see who had the most awesome video and getting mad when your favorite video got slided the song and the video is what was recognized you're talking okay. about the music awards I'm talking about specifically focusing oh yeah and, yeah. Know, like when what's the frequency Kenneth's video beat Sabotage and it uh-huh. was a huge fucking deal I oh know, yeah because the songs the, well, yeah. it was the, the videos the, that there videos.
0: aren't a lot of artists that still produce Back in the '80s, especially, but to a large degree in the '90s as well, at least in the early '90s, there video music videos were an art form. They were they were like a form of film. The people were like exploring this, pioneering this medium. People sent millions of dollars to create like incredible music videos that of, a, of the like that you know they, to, to compete with actual film. Right. And nowadays, a lot of it is just asses jiggling and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So that, it, it, it went back uh, to, uh, way when, when music videos first started, they were just promotional films for the song, and now they've kind of gone back to that. Where it's just a way of promoting your mp3 download or you know they they keep it cheap because there's only so much money in music now. What it is
1: is because it has to be be on YouTube so you need to make a video to put it on YouTube whereas before it was we have to make a video because we have to one up this guy's video so that it gets more air time on TV. But
2: actually now on YouTube I'm noticing more and more the biggest videos are the ones with the actual lyrics. We're we're going way
1: off from what I'm talking about. I'm talking about whenever we talk about whenever we choose songs for one song each I've already noticed in the the couple episodes that have aired, we reference videos a lot. And it's not one video each, it's one song each. But I'm just trying to say that when we were growing up, it was the same thing. The video and song were very much in step with one another, which is why when you were asking me about Tom Petty, I'm thinking of uh, Mary Jane's last dance yeah. video. Right. I'm thinking about how you, you don't just hear the song, you it. see the video in your mind. The first thing you said from uh, "What's the fucking song, uh, Don't Come Around Here No More, With them cutting into the, the, cake. the cake, right? That's got nothing to do with the song. They're not saying, we're cutting into Cake. in the song but that was the first thing you thought of was then
0: cutting and that you lyric would have fit in there right. but I, So I, I will admit that like when I hear Last Dance with Yuri Jane two thoughts come to my mind I, I imagine what's actually being sung about in the song the lyrics where they're they're in a hotel, uh, hotel room nightfall becoming be coming soon I'm, I'm seeing what the, he's describing in the, the lyrics but I'm also seeing Kim Basinger and him playing with the corpse and you know all that kind of stuff too it, it's, a, it's a weird contrast where in the case of Don't Come Around Here No More honestly as much Out of the song, it's a great fucking song, but the visuals from that video dominate anything that's happening in the lyrics because it's such an indelible video. You know, they're recreating Alice in Wonderland, or more specifically, the sequence with the Mad Hatter at the tea Mm -hmm. party, and they're doing all this cool stuff with perspective where, you know, Alice is in the teacup, and so you go from like people, like they have people have giant teacups, and then they're inside the teacup, floating around inside of it, and everything's three perspective wise, and at one point, Alice gets turned into a human. Birthday cake, and they carve her up and eat her.
1: Well, that, I guess the end of the video, well, her, HUD, her, her, her head and hands are like
0: wiggling and she's screaming because at the cutting. end of it, she, they've got the, uh, the the singer is is you know belting out a high note and she's screaming in the video, so yeah. yeah. So, by the way, I just had to point out we're continuing to watch Prince videos and we have we're not doing the Prince Vix
2: TV. so it
1: has none to do with what we're talking about. I'm sitting here listening to you. that's I think that's what he was playing. <laughs> um, yeah, so okay, so so what are you what are you what are some of your Tom Petty favorites?
0: Well, we'll get to this. We're kind of like stream of consciousness right now, I think, to some degree. Um,
1: so how can you tell me we're going to get to there if we're doing stream of consciousness?
0: Right, but because we'll, as a wrap up, so I'll, I'll, I, I want to, I'm going to try to do something semi chronological to give us some kind of a spine on this thing. Uh, why don't you queue up? Uh, do you want, do y'all know Breakdown? I think so. John, do why don't you cue up Breakdown right quick? So like, I had a weird reaction to Tom Petty when I, when I first encountered him, cause I always knew that he was a guy from before my time. And as I mentioned in the past, I really didn't listen to a lot of popular music, uh, uh, in at least in the early part of the 80s. So I wasn't really familiar with a lot of these acts. But I knew I had seen the video to Don't Come Around Here No More, cause that was another one where it was hard to miss. They played that shit a lot in a lot of different plate venues because it was so visually stunning. It's still a great video. I think it's one of the, still one of the great videos of all time. Really, uh, it, it's one of these ones where even even though the effects are dated, um, it's it's so well executed and it's such a distinctive look that you still want to. You can't take your eyes off that video once you start watching it. Um, so I was aware of him, but I always had a weird remove from him because he felt like one of those old 70s guys. He was one of those guys from the AOR era. He was one of those guys that your dad listened to. So it's like he was just one of those weird old guys, but he, you know, I like this one song of his. Uh, and it wasn't really until Full Moon Fever blew up where it's like he became kind of like one of my artists. Yeah. But I, I had past familiarity with some of these songs and Here's Breakdown for instance
2: I don't think they ever made a music video for this This is from 76 Dude I think he's from American Pop I think they based it off of him
0: Visually he does kind of yeah. look like the character from American, American Pop, Pop I I He has thing. a pompadour which Petty, I, I don't know that I ever saw Petty without the long hair But yeah there the is the a song The the jawline I can see where you're
2: coming from The lips
0: I mean I assume that character was an amalgamation but I can definitely see that because there's Lou Reed in that character too, for sure. Of all the places to learn about breakdown, the first time I heard that song was on Comedy Central. Uh, I, I think it was Comedy Central by then, because remember, Comedy Central used to be the Ha Network and the Comedy Channel, and then they merged into Comedy Central. And at that time, in the early '90s, Gillette was the voice of that network. All their their uh, uh, spots yeah. had his voice on it. And they started most of uh, Comedy Central was stand-up comedy, and I think some sitcoms. And then they started running movies and randomly they had this movie called fm which a lot of people believe was the inspiration for the tv show wkrp in cincinnati but it's much more of a dramedy kind of thing it has more of like a robert alton mash kind of vibe to it so i'm watching this thing when it shows because they were quoting it very heavily like there's a big deal Movies from 78 and shit and it's like uh, this isn't even funny why am i even watching this but they ran the commercials to death and one of the songs they featured in the commercial was breakdown which was featured on the soundtrack to that album so i kind of got uh, uh in involved in this songs because of comedy central spots but I really like the low-key vibe of it I like that kind of affected like foreign and thing he has during the verses and then it kicks over into a, a proper Tom Fetty song for the choruses but I love that co- low-key vibe and this is the kind of tune that I never get sick of you can play it over and over again and I won't get tired of it because I just dig that that groove it has going on and this was like their first hit their breakout hit
2: I was about to say
1: this must have been a hit mm-hmm. like the first breakout hit how old was he so, when he came out with the song 1 in 50 so
0: 26 26? so okay. I thought
1: that was interesting what you said where you, you mentioned well okay now, Putting, no, your, you want to be a chronological?
0: No, I'm actually okay. Go ahead and jump.
1: Well, because you mentioned that he felt like your father's era.
0: And not even my father, because he didn't listen to Tom Petty, but that no, I know, generation. I you, know, you know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Um, and I guess I kind of felt the same way, too, that he always seemed like he was some other generation's artist. But the more we started listening to these hits, I, I don't know when. I don't know who takes ownership for Tom Petty. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck takes ownership for Tom Petty? I, I, I just I don't know.
0: And, and again... W-
1: because all the songs full moon fever was came out when I was listening to music, so I, I can't say that he's somebody else's. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, full moon fever was such a huge, huge album. I just remember they exploded, and I definitely took ownership of him as a guy who's part of my sound, my generation sound from full moon fever. And in particular, I really loved running down a dream. Yeah. That was a song I remember when I was still in grade school. For some reason, when I would be like waiting, you know, waiting outside in the cold for class and shit, that was a song that would always run into my head. And it was sort of a comfort song for me because I never got tired of it. I love that propulsive sound of it. So when I'd be in school and I'd be walking out of the hall, all of a sudden I'd just be like running down a dream never would come to me. And it was sort of like my daydream song. And it, it, I totally took ownership of it. I loved the music video that had excellent artwork. Uh, it was an animated video. I always kind of saw the little Troll with the cigar that runs around with him, like Pip. You know, I always associated with Pip, but I, I loved how they're just running through all these very. Um, who's the guy who did Little Nemo in Wonder? Uh, the 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 like turn of the century comic script was very ornate. Anyway, it always reminded me of Little Nemo, so it felt like it was kind of comic book related. You kind of had that Pip troll kind of dude. I, I loved how they rendered Tom Petty in that, but I loved that the the animation was just as propulsive as the song. It just it's a song that just got, just keeps moving, 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 always going forward. And, and it's it's got all this kind of... It doesn't have, like, really crazy imagery in the song itself. The imagery is more in the, the video. And, again, it's black-and-white artwork. It very much recalls Fleischer Studios-type stuff, yeah. like Felix the Cat and Betty Boop and the the ones with the clown um, but I love the visuals of it and I love too at the very end of the video the the troll character gets lost in space and so Tom Petty hops into a bed which turns into a chariot and he flies through space after his little friend which I think was a direct reference to little Nemo but it, that, that is just such a great song and it's the kind of song that again I, I took it was it was definitely my song it was a song that was that was for me in that time period in my life uh, I, I and he was there for an artist that I was of note that reflected my interest and in my my it, it, listening enjoyment uh and you know, again for years of my life it was just me walking down the halls or me waiting in the cold hearing that song in my mind because it also that chorus just gets stuck in your head it's a great
1: earworm, you know running down a dream even the, the little come. guitar riff yeah. that burning it's such a
0: great riff yeah and the you just you can have that that's another one of those songs you can just have a loop and i won't get sick of it but you also had the very anthemic uh won't back down and i'll be honest like i, I remember it, when i was young i read the uh early issues of solar man of the atom that jim shooter was writing and there was a character in there that that that, that was described as as a person who takes the path of least resistance uh and it's said as as a derogatory and, you know i think it's like it's meant to me like that he was spineless that he just did whatever he went with the flow and he didn't ever like you know fight back and stuff and for me i've always kind of seen that as a virtue i I'm also a person who takes a path of resistance in that if I don't have a cause to... to to, to fight. You know, it, the easiest thing you kinda go with the flow, you you pick the battles and you know, then you have to have a spine. But if you can just kinda like just like let shit go, just kinda go with it. It's like, okay, this is a thing I don't really like, and I can put, make them a big stink, or I can just make the best of it. I'm just gonna kinda go with it. I'm just gonna kinda let that slide. I think there are a lot of people who decide that they're gonna have a spine for the wrong times, or they decide to pick the, the to draw their line to sand at the wrong points of time. And a lot of times it's only about their personal comfort and their personal desires. So it's like, oh you're you're gonna be an asshole and you're make a bunch of noise and you're gonna waste a bunch of our time protesting something that we're gonna have to fucking deal with and you gotta just fucking go with but in the moments where I do feel the need like I gotta make a stand in the moments where I do feel like okay this is where, where this is the hill I'm gonna die on when I'm at my best when I'm at my most heroic when I'm uh, that's the kind of song I hear in my head I won't back down I will stand my ground you can uh, stand me up at the gates of hell but I won't back down uh, when I'm at my strongest when I'm at my most defiant that's the kind of anthem that I like having running through my head and I think that's true for a lot of. People, I think that's a song that probably a lot of people hold uh, dear because it does kind of give you that strength to stand your ground when you have to.
1: But it's not a cheesy anthem like, uh, mm. We are the champions. Hey. Hey.
0: You got to admit, it, 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 as much as so I like "We Are the Champions," there is a high cheese factor, and there is a lot of like exploitation of that song. Well, that song like a lot of that people, that song is
2: more of a "Let's join together, let's bring the whole group together." But well, never mind. well,
0: I always saw it as him saying that, like a post-Stonewall homosexual anthem. Like you know, "We Are the Champions," no time for losers. You know, that they, they, we survived this and we're going to conquer, and we're going to be part of the culture. You're not going to be able to just turn away I from just us.
1: Mean that he's saying a song, but, but going back down. But yeah. he didn't. Write it as some as a you know I don't know yeah like maybe it they're crazy.
0: they're both anthemic uh, and and I I do find that we are the champions of a song that's embraced by a lot of people that would have hated Freddie Mercury hated his lifestyle hated what I think that song is about because they don't understand it they just take it as a we are all the badasses we we won the game we kick ass I've seen a lot of guys that have politics that. Definitely are not in line with who Freddie Mercury was. Take that song as their own. Or we will rock you. It's, it's a, yeah, it's another song that a lot of assholes embrace. I don't know of a lot of assholes that embrace this song though, because I, I think it is a very. It has a verisimilitude to it. There's a low key honesty to it. It's like, well, there, it, yeah, it's not. It's that's not. What it's it not. A, it doesn't feel like bravado. It he's feels not like, trying no, to get is, in your
1: face and tell you, yeah, to roll back down. Yeah, and he's just saying, I'm, I won't yes. back down.
0: It's just low key enough to be honest. It feels like he's he's being truthful. It's like this is this is where I'm not being an asshole. I'm not being an obstruction. But this is the the thing that I'm not going to back away from This is the thing where if if you're going to kill me You're going to kill me But I'm not going to walk this back And I don't know, I respect it And it's not like empty bravado It feels like he's being real So I, I dig that song What about you, Fix It?
2: I guess I just don't read that much of those songs. I mean, but do you like songs? No, I enjoy his music. Yes, I would definitely. If I'm driving somewhere and it would have come on, I would definitely, definitely tap my toe and enjoy it. But I, I mean, breakdown. I actually remember that song quite a bit as growing up, as my dad and them playing it a lot for some reason. The song seems very familiar, but you seem to put a lot more, uh, I don't know, volume into these songs. I mean, they're good songs. Very, extremely talented songwriter.
0: Don't you be like that. Do
1: I
2: know that
0: song? Cue it.
1: Be like that.
2: Yes, I know this song.
1: I might not even realize Tom Petty sang that song
2: I know there's, there's already two songs that hurt we were listening to and I was like Tom Petty sang this song never knew it was him
1: and
0: what's cool with that one too is that's a song that pretty much anybody can relate to you know everybody's kind of had that nobody kind of wants situation. to be done like that yeah nobody wants to be done like that
1: so I and, well, I, would no, ask you, first. I ask you don't do me like that Yeah.
0: Uh, but I think that crosses gender lines I think it crosses race lines it's it's just a, it's a good pop song that speaks to a common feeling and uh, it, there's a certain timelessness to it I mean you can kind of Tell it's a 70s tune But it really is A lot of his stuff Has that timeless quality to it Where it's It's just good music You know It doesn't feel like It's trapped in a particular era Do you want to do Refugee?
2: I I saw this
0: Do you know Refugee? Yeah
2: You're like a refugee Do you know Refugee dude? Refugee though I don't I saw this And I Huh. There was a song where she, where he sang with uh, what's her name from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, uh, but uh, so stop dragging my heart around. Is that a, why was it? Say, why was it called so sad? I don't know why. I
0: maybe, I was like,
1: maybe they made some dumb video that said. So or sad, why not you Tom just
0: Petty put? Or why don't you just put Tom Petty,
2: Stevie Nicks? That'll probably do the job. Oh my god, he did that song oh, too. Holy shit. Did he write songs for other performers? that were like hits as well, or nope, did he just perform of, all his own music? Uh,
0: nothing. Well, he co-wrote uh, "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" and produced it, co-produced it. Yeah, because that's—I remember that
2: song, big time.
0: It was another big hit. Yeah, so "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" was off of Stevie Nicks' debut solo album, "Belladonna," from 1981. Uh, the song was co-written and, and co-produced by Tom Petty, who sings on the bridge and the chorus. Uh, he's basically—you know—these two lovers who aren't, you know, getting on very well. Yeah. Uh, kind of talk. Back at one another. Really big hit, cool cool damn tune. And probably a smart play too, because while I'm sure there's a lot of crossover between the Heartbreakers audience and the Fleetwood Mac audience, yeah, um, it probably didn't hurt to
2: have them both on a big hit song. This is so cool that he that's one of those songs I didn't know you you wrote or you performed it.
0: Yeah, it went to number three and it was uh the biggest song on her debut album. Uh Leather and Lace and Edge of Seventeen of course did really well also.
2: So what was that song you
1: want me to cue up? Uh, Refugee. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I know this one. Okay, you can stop them. It's a good song.
0: So, uh, do you guys remember when you first heard "Refugee"?
1: Yeah, it was part of one of those fucking greatest hits albums they would play the infomercials for. Oh yeah, and they would just it's play that little snippet of the chorus. And like a refugee, and that would be like one snippet on this album that includes "Billy Ocean." Da, 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 and they would have that that,
0: that might have been where I saw it too, Paul. I know. And, I would, and
1: they would just play that little bit of chorus, and then would go to whatever next song. Was. But uh,
0: again, those those out, they, they advertised on TV. They're like pop hits of '81, '82, '83, whatever went up and uh, you'd get that little snippet and you'd always for the rest of your life remember that little snippet that on the snippet fucking album that fucking
2: song. that's what That's. I think probably like k Tell or somebody was doing that shit right so what about you Fix It probably my mom was listening to it to tell you the truth I honestly my, I believe my mom is a huge Tom Petty fan and I, I would have to say oh that. my god
1: have you checked on her
2: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm sure if I went and called her and said hey mom do you have Tom Petty's greatest hit She'd say like, she'd which kick one? The fucking door open. We'll... Yeah, I mean, she probably owns all this because you got to remember, she would play this music. I would hear it, but I wouldn't always know who the artist was. Um, but er, now I'm hearing all these songs. I'm like, well, I remember hearing this song all the time in the house. So I
1: mean, it's, you know, it's weird because he has such a unique sound. But at the same time, like you said, it, some of the music is sort of chameleonish that it could have been. You know, I, if you would have told it, it me has... "Refugee" was by some '70s one-hit wonder band, I wouldn't have been able to argue with you. I would be like, dude, that's fucking Tom Petty. But when you then you hear it and you're like, oh, that's so obviously Tom Petty. Why did I not ever realize that was freaking Tom Petty? I'm an idiot. Yeah. To which all of our listeners are nodding. He's an idiot.
0: <laughs> but but it's true, I mean, but all of us that didn't make the connections, you know. Here's the thing there are some bands that like sneak up on you where it's like, oh my god, I love this fucking band. I've I've heard so many songs by theirs, and I never made the connection how much I love this particular band or this particular singer. Where with Tom Petty, it's it's sort of like in the fabric of music at this point. It's it's almost like like it, it's not even about the artist anymore, it's like it's part of the American songbook. It's just a yeah. part of the 70s, 80s, 90s American songbook. So you don't necessarily associate it with one artist. It's just part of the sounds of our time, mm-hmm. you know, on this earth, uh, which I think is a great comment to it. I mean, it kind of hurts in the pocketbook a little bit, but maybe you don't have as much regard for Tom Petty. I do think there's a tendency to take Tom Petty for granted, in part because he's just such a genial guy. It's like, nobody ever has a harsh word to say about Tom Petty. And anytime where he's fucked up, like for instance, I think he was saying that on one of his uh, tours, I think the 86 tour, they featured the Confederate flag a lot. And because he grew up in Gainesville and just the Confederate flag was just part of the wall I think he said that it was just part of the wallpaper of the South and he just didn't think about it so they used that when they were on that tour and then later on when he became more woke about that shit he just like completely he, he didn't equivocate he didn't give some kind of bullshit arguments like look I didn't think about what that meant it didn't mean that to me when, at that time now that I know what that means to people what the Confederacy meant to people now that I'm cognizant of it I, I want to dissociate myself with it I want nothing to do with that I'm sorry if I caused anybody pain from having in that imagery and I will never do it again and it's like fuck yeah that's how you do it we all fuck up you just own up to that shit and you say look I'm gonna do better from going forward I'm sorry that I fucked up I know I did I realized what I did wrong how do you not love a person that's, who that's just owns it always
1: like that? the best way to go not mm-hmm. the well you don't understand you weren't there yeah. it's better to, to confess your wokeness I guess as you mm-hmm. put
0: it I know better now I'm sorry I fucked up I just didn't know I didn't realize so yeah so it, it, everybody loves Tom Petty nobody has a harsh thing to say about the dude and so it's It's easier to take somebody like that for granted than somebody that like kind of tests your loyalty, you know? Where you have to stop and think, wow, Wyland's having another fucking OD situation and he's been kicked out of the band again. How do I feel about this dude? Do I still like this guy or does he fucking piss me off? So, you know, you don't have to think about that with Tom Petty because he's just a lovable dude. A lovable scramp. And as far as the sound goes, it's kind of funny because let's be honest, he has a pleasant voice, but he doesn't really have much of a vocal range. And one of the things that's kind of nice about Tom Petty is you basically can do Tom Petty by doing Bob Dylan.
1: but Bob But you Dylan. just, but you, yeah.
0: but yeah, but and at a slightly higher octave and boom, you've got Tom Petty. Oh. And it's mini drum. But you can karaoke words. Tom Petty pretty easily and it, there's a certain comfort to that. You, you're trying, if you try to do Freddie Mercury, all you're doing is like hurting yourself because like, A, you're probably going to hurt your vocal cords but you're also going to realize what a huge disparity there is between what you can do with your pipes and what he can do. Where Tom Petty, it's kind of nice to be able to sing. He's got like the Rob out of song singers. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, Swiping. You know, I can I can do Tom Petty. You can kind of everybody can do a halfway decent Tom Petty.
1: You know, Pandora doesn't go back in the box. <laughs> I want to see this this song but but his
0: lack of histrionics also means you don't pay as much attention to him and I I do think that makes him recede a little bit more than he should given honestly, how good of a singer with, songwriter he is
1: His personality from everything I've kind of read and could tell he was perfectly fine with that you know yeah. what I mean he was Yeah he just he, uh, he seemed it seems like he was it, kind he, of a shy dude and was just sort of like no that's cool I'm just one hell of a songwriter I'm going to do my thing in this little corner of mm-hmm. music and if you like it you like it and if don't you don't you know He he
0: was appropriately confident and comfortable and so you again he just he he was just cool he was just fucking Cool.
2: Well, I don't know if he was cool. Okay, this song I know. I
0: can't believe you didn't know that you knew American Girl. I, you know been, American Girl, right, dude?
2: It's been so long since I've heard this. Really? Song.
0: Holy shit! Okay, we'll listen to some
1: the karaoke v- version. Is there supposed to be like m- lyrics? To it? it's a karaoke version? You jerk off.
0: It's actually a lyric video. Because if yeah. it was karaoke, if it was karaoke, they they would-
1: karaoke version, there would be no. Li- you would be re-singing the lyrics right now. Yeah, I did not realize it's a Tom Petty song, right.
2: but you do know it. Yeah, go ahead and turn it down. The crazy thing is his his style of writing is is very uh, story driven or very minimal.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I love that. I love I love artists that tell you a story with their songs. I I plug into that so much more. I mean, I'm a story guy. I'm into tell me a story and and. Uh, but the, this one, my main association is Silence of the Lambs. I can, I can never hear this song without thinking of Silence of the Lambs because I don't know if you remember, but the, his I don't main.
2: Bill sang the. No, no
0: the, the, the main victim, the one that's in the hole throughout the movie, the one they're trying to save throughout the movie, before he, he kidnaps her, uh, she's driving down the road singing along to American Girl and you got that line about you know if she's got to die she's got one little promise she's going to keep so you could tell that was done kind of intentional to like foreshadow what's what situation she's going to find herself in so I always think about her driving down the road singing that song before Buffalo Bill gets a hold of,
1: Rad. of I Rad to- I don't even remember what song she was listening to that, that, that song I just knew that she needed to put that damn lotion in the basket well
2: she gets the hose again
1: she'd be a little fat person dude you do that way too well too
0: I'd fuck
2: me I'd fuck me that, I'm pretty sure we've just- done this that just episode. rolls off your tongue too easy.
0: Hey, I don't know. Here comes my girl. Can you, can you cue that one up right quick? That was apparently... Oh,
1: wow. Here comes your girl. That's oh, fucking Pixons, dude.
0: That's Pixies, dude. I know. Uh, here Comes My Girl
1: My Girl or Your
0: Girl? Here Comes My Girl
1: I've heard this song Holy shit, this is him Can you smell the corn tortilla in the air? You're transported back to your mother's house? No,
2: my uncle's van He used to drive this big ass love van And he would play the shit out of the song I didn't know it was better
1: though This is a total van song So that makes a lot of sense
0: and turn it down. This one I vaguely recall. I almost think I maybe know it from a cover rather than the original version. But it wasn't one that I have a strong recollection of. I mean, it took to the chords before I even recognized the
2: song. Well, my uncle in one of those vans where the back the back was like a giant couch. And it had one of those tables that was screwed in the center. And a uh, big love van. And I remember he played Tom. Pa- but this song, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I remember that song playing continuously. I'm pretty sure on it. But I don't remember. This took me back there. You guys remember and no waiting? asshole, there was no corn chips in there, motherfucker.
0: Y'all know the waiting? Hmm. Okay, well, keep up the waiting.
1: Oh, no, but that means that I probably do know it.
2: You you know it. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Hey, Frank, was that the kind of look you were going for? What do you mean? When you used to talk about being lean?
0: Uh, Again, my my goal was to keep pop.
2: Oh, okay. You could have pulled that off.
0: He's actually a little too lean. He's a little leaner than I, I was ever shooting for.
1: And yeah, of course. I mean, I,
0: I, 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 he works for him. I, I just want to make sure to clarify. I never thought I could pull that off, but it, he looks good that lean. He's fucking lean, though.
1: How tall was this dude? Everybody was lean in 1987 or whenever this was. Oh, that cocaine. Yeah, okay.
0: like, yeah, I was about to say it was that code, but you just made it the subtext text.
1: No, I just think, every, no, I think everybody was...
2: This was fucking doing drugs. Or they, they didn't realize size. cocaine was bad for you back then.
0: Yeah, co- yeah, cocaine was definitely like the Breakfast of Champions back in the eighties.
1: Uh, yeah, but have you seen the pictures of like what the, uh, the size of your average chicken breast looked like in nineteen eighty six compared to the way it looks <laughs> now? I mean, people were just thinner then
0: because they were doing drugs and fucking so it
2: kept you lean. Well, and you had to walk places. and <laughs> That's was true. Air
1: conditioning. <laughs>
2: You know, if your car broke down, it, that was a real workout were, to get that. You were fucking mowing room.
1: your own lawn and doing stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I know this like mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, why don't you guys do uh, into the Great Wide Open? We just watched. We it. just watched this. Sir. I know. So talk about it.
2: Johnny Depp before Island Money, good video.
0: Yeah, actually, here is the thing about that particular song back when our entertainment media was shit like you would actually sit through with 30 minutes of entertainment tonight each night to get your entertainment news because you had to do that you had to actually make an appointment to watch a show to tell you about all the stuff that's happening in media you can just search it on the internet and I remember one episode they kept promising they were going to give us a the, the the debut of the new Tom Petty song into the great wide open featuring Johnny Depp and so I waited the entire fucking show for that video and they showed you like 30 seconds of it unmolested innest. and then the rest of it was over the fucking credits yeah and I, I remember being so disappointed having to wait that long to get that little of a video. But also, I kind of didn't like the song because I thought the sound, as of that point in time, that that album came out in '94, it sounded a little dated to me. And and in listening to the song again on the on the ride over, um, I could hear that sort of like '90s production a little bit. So that feels a little like I, I guess because I was there in part two. I could hear those little affectations, and because it came out after grunge had gotten big, after we were kind of seeming to move past like the more mainstream pop stuff, I just had a really strong aversion to that song, or that video. But also because after Tom Petty had won me over, after being the old guy, uh, uh, he won me back with Full Moon Fever. With that song, it felt like he was the old guy talking down to the young kids. It kind of felt to be like he was talking down to the grunge kids to some degree, which I know wasn't intentional. I can you can totally tell listening to this song today that he's talking about himself and artists. That came up in the same time period as him, who go through that cycle of thinking that you're hot shit, and then blowing it, and having to try to recover from it, and all that kind of stuff, but I I just always had a strong negative reaction to that song that I've never completely gotten over, Uh, because it just felt like it it was... Too faded when it came out to me. Plus also I think the same album had the song Learning to Fly, which also felt like old guy trying to tell us how to live our lives.
2: Well, that's I actually want to hear that. Song. I don't I don't remember the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and, but I also bugged me because I was familiar with the Pink Floyd song Learning to that's Fly. I and I was like, hey man, you're stealing from Pink Floyd. And they did it better. And it's like 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 learning to fly, something you would copyright and have in perpetuity. But for some reason I just had uh, again a stupid knee-jerk reaction to that We're when it came me. out.
2: So you sound like a very uh, aggressive guy man.
0: I was very aggressive then. I was a very angry person then. Well,
1: I, I like into the Great White Open just because I think the song, although the song is like super obvious, like he's literally telling you exactly. I mean, I mean, what's the oh, the, a rebel without a clue? Like we yeah. know, you're literally, it's literally exactly what's occurring. But like I was saying, I think it's funny watching that video now because that video stars Johnny Depp, and literally Johnny's Johnny Depp's life has become that freaking he's video. He's this huge
0: star, and then it turns out he's really like abusive and a drunkard, yeah. and he turned his back on the people that helped bring him up and, pawn, and now he's having this big come down and none of his shit's hitting anymore and he just slowly fades out yeah then he was the cool bright young kid for the longest time and then he became like the fucking asshole that nobody can stand now yeah
2: so I was never a fan of the song? I know the song. I
1: was yeah, I like the song. All of his videos are really great though. And it's not like he produced or directed any of these videos, as far as I know, but he just picks good people, I guess. I have yet to hear a bad
2: song.
0: No, there's no bad ones. They're just songs I like less and songs I like yeah. more.
2: They're all very good, very well written. They got those nice cool hooks. The man knew how to write a hit, damn sure that mystique mm-hmm. she's stick in the right places though <laughs> is that JFK? cage <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> is that a ufo now that's an
0: enjoyable song did we talk about you got lucky yet
2: mm-hmm. i don't think so did you know it you know you asked this stop asking, question, asking like five times and we're like uh uh-uh. uh do you know it my answer's not gonna change dude like, we'll clear it up you got lucky you got lucky yeah <laughs> okay this is coming off a little dark wasn't that car in i'm pretty
0: runner? confident i've never seen this video before i, I think say, i is that i'm pretty Blade sure runner? i remember this
2: is that blind glosslin <laughs> Ethel.
0: There goes the hat. I'm
2: telling you, man, you can pull off the hat. But I'm saying uh, it it's apparently dates short. back.
0: I think this might be the first appearance of the, the Tom Petty hat, the Victorian hats he liked to wear. He's very into steampunk. Is that Jeff then? <laughs>
1: Tom Petty <laughs> invented <admitted> steampunk. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure you're wrong. <laughs> honestly, this does appear to be that, that. That vehicle looks like out of Ice Pirates, dude. The movie Ice Pirates. It
0: kind of looks like Mork from Mork's Egg, like a half version.
2: And the fucking book. Oh my god. I'm telling you, dude. All his songs have fucking the hat and the book. Whatever that flat top derby. Oh no, that's a radio. Uh ah, no, it's a jam boot box, literally. Oh yeah, I know the song, dude. When he's on his own, dude, he fucking knocks it out the park every time. What are you
1: trying to say when he's on his own? What I'm trying
2: to say-, say I'm saying oh, Tom Petty Yo. singing his songs is just phenomenal. I'm gonna have to go buy the greatest hits now. I need. A own it I do you do I gotta get a copy from me, dude this is fantastic I mean I like the fact a lot of the songs have to do with heartbreak like getting over the bitch
1: well shit the name of the damn band is heartbreakers. the heartbreakers bro well it's funny you should mention that too
0: because a refugee totally ended up on a mixtape to a chick from me really uh, yeah th- that song again that's one of those songs either you've been the subject to that song or you've you've dated the subject of that song so yeah it totally spoke to the girl and the relationship big time I actually spoke to the both of us but in that particular circumstance it was more her because she was the one who had been kicked around too much couldn't could you kicked wait, her wait, wait, wait. I did not kick her I think somebody had kicked her wait, at some wait, wait, wait. point
2: did the mixtape work <laughs> I
0: think
1: somebody kicked her at some point <laughs>
2: Not intended to be a laugh line, I had, guys. I just had visions of her, like, scared in a corner, shaking, That's a song, fucking the, You, you
0: kidnapped, bound up, and held for ransom. That's oh, part of the lyrics yeah. of the song,
2: guys. Uh, Living like a refugee. So, wait a minute. I, my question is, did the mixtape work?
0: It, 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 it had its it, it intended purpose, I want to yes. say no, it
2: didn't. <laughs> no, it, 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 too much. it
0: had its intended purpose, yes. But this is another one, too. Such a great fucking bass line. Just so fucking cool. I never
2: get sick of this song. That's a good song. And apparently a fucking
0: cool video that I had no idea existed.
2: Hey, it sucks that he died. Yeah. It's kind of cool because every time you hear his songs, you can hear the era uh, that it was in. The, the era. era, yeah. Era. He,
1: he really does adapt to the different eras yeah. that the songs occurring,
2: right? Because you're right. When I hear Last Dance with Mary Jane, I think of the 90s. But they're still timeless, though. They oh, still yeah. they they
0: transcend their period.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, and then what's the uh, the Alice in Wonderland one?
0: Uh, don't come around here no more.
1: Don't come around here. It's a very new wavy synth. Yeah, song.
0: very much so. Very much so. But I, but I, and I love the the the, the like I love the, the background singers. I love that 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 he he brings in these other people to give it a real sonic uh, uh, a, lot, a lot of overlapping sounds, a lot of things going on. It, it's very interesting. Trying to pick that song apart is tricky
1: because he could have just been for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and I play guitar and I sing. Right. At every single freaking song and it's just that's just not what happened
2: instead I'm gonna give birth to steampunk so we can look at his last hit to uh
0: you don't know how it feels also from 94 I think that that one same album was yeah wildflowers it really really pretty much the last hit yeah the last thing that, that came in inside the top 40 you don't know how it feels
2: Uh-oh, this is an older time so let's see this
0: one actually came in at 13
1: oh fuck yeah oh, Jesus yeah, Christ this song's amazing I like this song a lot
0: different hat still good still works it
1: I remember when this video came out because it was a big deal about how it's just him the entire time spinning around him, right? Isn't this the whole video? There's just shit going on in the background? Well,
0: Yeah, he's the one spinning, yeah. But it's always on his face, he's always one in focus. And all this random circus bullshit's going on in the background, out of focus.
1: Yeah. And talk about the marijuana.
0: Unambiguous.
1: Nothing against this song, but I remember not really caring for this song when I was.
0: What year was this? 894. 94, so I was. It just. It, it
1: wasn't. 13. really. In, it was not my jam. Yeah. Uh,
0: it wasn't in sync with what the sound you, of your generation yeah. of your time so
2: nah to me it's like a pair of real comfy blue jeans man mm-hmm. you know you know what you're getting you know it's gonna be good so uh, I remember
1: liking this song a lot I was listening to Pantera's vulgar display of power in 1993 <laughs> like it's not really
0: the same <laughs> right this lands squarely in adult contemporary of the time yeah and that just this not is like John so. Cougar
1: Mellencamp. Mm-hmm. Can't stand him. Yeah. I like
0: I like his stuff. Actually. I don't like his stuff. I, I think that he's kind of a pompous ass, but I think he does good music. Again, it's it's the exact opposite. Tom Petty, he's such a cool dude that you you give him, you know, credit even when he's doing this kind of more middle ground type stuff. Or Cougar Mellencamp, even when he kicks ass, you kinda of hold it video. against him. Um <laughs> not surprised.
1: Because, because that freaks me out.
0: Interesting choice of singer for that particular part of the lyric.
1: I mean, I know he's really rocking out on that guitar. I was listening to Vulgar display of power by Pantera. So you
2: were more full of rage.
0: Rage hadn't started yet, but close. Yeah, I yeah. sure. No,
1: had. So Tom Petty, overrated, underrated, properly rated, underrated, underrated. I would say he's properly rated. Properly rated. Whoa. Properly rated. Even after all those songs, well, he also hadn't had hits since 1994. So properly rated. But there was a lot of fucking hits a over a lot of years. Hits. No, 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 definitely. So was a that lot 22 hits. years of and he, hits? And he wrote all his hits, right?
0: Uh, I think he wrote a lot of the music. Yes, I think, the majority, yeah. Yeah. Rated, I think he's the majority.
1: That's talent. Properly rated, definitely. Thinks properly. He sold 12 million copies of his greatest hits. He's probably rated. Mm. I mean, he's probably rated though.
0: But people until he died, people didn't. Well, but I guess but, he hadn't done a lot recently. I mean, he he had an album out last year. I mean, yeah. he never stopped plugging away. And we could go and anyway, and research He, like he that was stuff.
1: a super chill dude. Like you said, it's like everybody liked this guy. Like, and I don't mean everybody like people who listen to his music. I'm talking about. It seems like you know, like I saw a thing with uh, Kim Basinger when they were like, Hey, you want to be in a Tom Petty video? She's like, Yeah, I want to be in a Tom Petty video. I mean, it's like it's of course I want to be in Tom Petty. So it, it just seems like everybody really liked him. He's Cool dude, man. And just like sucks. Stevie
0: Nicks is like, oh, the heartbreakers are gonna play backing on my first single off my first solo album. Done. I'm, I'm totally making that my first single, and boy, it worked out.
1: Just sad. Feel bad for him. Feel bad for his family, man. Yeah. I mean, R. 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 even, R. 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 even yeah. though he, I mean, I guess he was still active, even though he had a big hit in a long time. Still, I mean, 66 is way too freaking young. Dude. Yeah, it just yeah. sucks, man. I mean, and I'm, and I'm sure he he had a had a wild lifestyle there in the early, you know, late 70s. Who didn't? Huh? Who didn't? Right. I mean, but you know, it just it, if you would have asked me who was an Kick it this year, you would have Tom Petty been like, What? I, I, I didn't didn't know he had health problems, and it's so, sort of so, sort of like, you know, it creeps up on some people like that, and it just, you know, sucks. I do think, okay, so maybe he was underrated. We probably took Tom Petty for granted.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I believe so. Rest in peace, my friend. Anything to add, fix it? No, nope, that's it. We're good then. One song each is a rolled spine podcast. This is a not-for-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials used is believed covered under fair use with no infringement intended. Please leave your comments and criticisms on our website. We especially encourage participation on this show. Feel free to call in and leave a request. Maybe you'll even get featured on the show. We thank you for your rapt attention. So we should probably bring up that uh besides the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty's also well known for being part of the supergroup the Traveling Wilburys. Uh, do you guys remember them? No. Not, not at all, really? Mm-mm. What about you, Mac? <laughs> No. no, dude. Yeah, okay, so Give the Traveling Woolburys. Well, again, you know what a super group is?
1: Yes, okay. like the Highwaymen or whatever. You take a bunch of musical acts, smoosh them together. Velvet Revolver.
0: Yeah. So the w- Traveling Woolburys was, uh, and by the way, the, the the group formed around George Harrison doing like a B side for one of his singles, and they was deemed that it was just too good of a song, and he ended up getting a bunch of his buddies to kind of perform with him on that song, and they enjoyed working together so much that they put out multiple albums as a super group. They the group included George Harrison, Tom Petty. Uh, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, and Jeff Lynn. And uh, surely you're familiar with the song Handle with Care. No? Uh, cue it up. George Harrison's still alive?
2: No. He got stabbed to death? Yeah.
0: No, he didn't die from that. He, he, didn't didn't from he, that. he, he got stabbed, later. but he didn't die from it. Yeah.
2: All we got is uh, Ringo and Paul. What are we thinking with those jackets, dude? Come on. Hey, Frank, I think you could pull off those hats, man.
0: T- the Tom Petty hat? Yeah.
2: I think you could pull it off.
0: more my brother in law shtick. Having Bob Dylan and Tom Petty seen together on a duet is like meta. <laughs>
1: I remember this video, kind of.
0: But you don't remember the song?
1: No. I think I remember seeing a bunch of old people and I changed the channel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to be honest.
0: That's okay. I think it's an excellent song with a lot of great talents. And what I love is you can hear each of the sounds through the song.
1: And I like Roy Orbison. I'm not trying to shit on Roy Orbison. Mm Mm-hmm. This was his last music video by the way. Oh was it? He
0: died during the promotion of this album.
2: No shit. Yeah. How old was he?
0: I don't know. Old enough to die.
2: Dennis. But I love how like he's Very he, well preserved He looks good
0: Yeah uh, But I like how Again you These guys have their own Distinctive voices But like George Harrison's guitar Too is so distinctive You can totally hear him Even when he's not singing You know he's present Because of that, that His sound
2: That's
1: just too much guitar man That's
0: a lot of Fucking guitar yeah, That's, fucking that's
1: much what much. you got With these super groups though Everybody brings Their instrument And they all play Their fucking instruments At the same time And
2: you're like Dude just
1: chill yeah, dude, Pick just a lead sing. singer Pick a guitarist
2: Yeah like one drummer Competing against all these fuckers
1: Like No way you could reasonably put that in people standing around that close with guitars all playing at the same time. You're going to be running into each other left and right. All that swaying.
0: Oh, here goes the harmonica. That must be Bob Dylan. Is it? I believe it is. Actually, I'm joking, but yeah, he's got the strap on
2: one. (laughs) He's the one with the strap on.
0: I on harmonica let's be clear but no it's a great song I love that too that, that was another one of the songs so that would get stuck in my head so
1: weekend dead here and that week into I
2: couldn't
0: even finish that week into Bernie we yeah, in.
1: <laughs> we oh no you gotta do it in the
0: line
2: too oh, no. they had like guitar strings <laughs> pulling them like a puppet that's why they're all playing guitars <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the sunglasses right? that was an Orbison that was fucking Dylan doing his voice we can tell and each, every, every, every guitar is a different yeah. uh,
2: like, I remember the song yeah, I
1: just can't handle his freaking mullet dude, dude. What?
2: George, George Harrison, Harrison should not have a I'm sorry.
1: You know what I'm gonna say? George Harrison is the worst fucking part of the supergroup.
0: Bullshit. Had Jeff enough had enough of him already. Je- no, Jeff Lynne is the weak link, and he's still good. But come on, Jeff Lynne—he's I mean, not doing anything. George Harrison's great. And some- uh, you gotta remember, in '88, this was like. Probably the, the last peak of his career was this this period, because he got that huge hit with Got My Mind Set On You, and then a few years later, he had that, really, I love, one of my favorite songs, period, is on the Lethal Weapon 2 soundtrack, and it's by uh, Harrison. Uh, so he was on fire. Obviously, Roy Harrison having his... On fire
1: might be a little overstated okay.
0: Roy, I Got My Mind Set On You it was an enormous hit. Uh... Roy Orbison was having a huge comeback in the mid-'80s, thanks in large part to uh, David Lynch's uh, Blue Velvet. Uh, he had a big hit album. So all these guys were doing really great, except for maybe Lynn. Lynn had been working with Tom Petty in that time period, but he wasn't really a front man. He was, he was the front man of ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. And so he was probably the only guy who really wasn't on a major swing at, at this point in time. Dylan, too. Dylan had had a rough 1980s. And so he was, in terms of fame, in terms of commercial heft, was probably at a weak point. When did Pretty and Woman come out? movie? Yeah. Uh, early 90s. Hey, Roy Harbison was long gone by then.
2: Yeah, look, they got a picture of him right
0: there. Orbison yeah. was dead when Pretty Woman came out? Yeah, this was 88, dude. Get
1: the fuck out of here. I think we need to check some dates.
0: Incorrect. I believe specifically he was 90, if I want to say.
1: Look, they even have a guitar.
2: Yeah, they've, the they've
0: got, got this This video is a memorial in uh, uh, the line, oddly appropriate song given that it's like Roy Harbison's last like hit posthumous and they're all, all in the video singing to his empty chair and his guitar and his picture. I think it's a great tribute and a great song, too.
1: I love this one. Shit. You just flipped my whole childhood's timeline upside down. <laughs> you just got flunked. I, I, got just, I just got Roy Orbison. <laughs> I didn't realize he was. You got super <laughs> What's that? I didn't realize he was dead already. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Again, he literally died between music videos of the Wolf, Wolf, Charlie Wilberry singles off their first album. Well, why are they all so fucking happy? Because it's a great it's song. More room and to and play
1: guitars, I guess. Not that great.
0: Roy Orbison got to have a top 40 hit when he was dead. That's pretty fucking awesome. And he was alive to get the first hit out there, and then he's, he's, they, and then he's got a great final song out there, too. Roy I mean, Orbison underrated, very underrated. Roy Orbison has seems to have been largely forgotten by the Zeitgeist, which is bullshit. He is an exceptional singer. Nobody sounds like him. Love his stuff. Don't
1: even. But, but, but don't uh, even get me started on the Zeitgeist. All right, <laughs> don't, there's not enough time in this podcast to get me started on the Zeitgeist. I got a Roy Orbison song for one song each.
0: We'll get to that. It's on the
2: list.
1: You betcha.
0: We're not doing later Woolbury songs.
1: I've, I've, I really
2: have not felt any of these songs. Really? Man, not not yeah. digging any of this. Not song. any of them. Hmm. Oh
1: my guy Bob Dylan.
0: It we're not, we're not doing the traveling Woolbury hey. sh- shitting on... Uh,
2: um. We're not shooting on it, we're just what saying the that... Fuck? Yeah, I'm just not
1: feeling it. That's a wait, wait, they way they all sound exactly... Just a lot of strumming. <laughs> just <laughs> incessant strumming. Just a wall of strumming. A wall I th- I th- I of th- I strumming.
0: Think, I think you guys shitting on the traveling woolbury is going to have to be like the stinger. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to let this be the core. On, it's on. like
1: a giant man playing are- <laughs> a 100-string guitar.
0: <laughs> this is definitely shitting. This is not what we're here for, gentlemen. <laughs>
1: It's like each member of the Traveling oh, Walberries God. was a different sword, God. and they formed into a mega-sword with a giant guitar! God. It's a giant guitar and it just he strums and it just strums. Oh. oh my
2: god. So you're sitting to the Power Rangers of a <laughs> It's like the
1: The fucking inward singing where you're always singing. Oh you my. sing out and you and you sing out. <laughs> or that shit that Yanni does or whatever or uh, uh not Yanni. K- Kenny G can do where he can recirculate his breath. Where it's just like constant strumming, strumming like some sort of <laughs> circular guitar where you're just strumming I, I, I think strumming. The, the problem I had with it
2: was they picked the speed and not everyone's voice <laughs> or, or singing
1: talent could keep up with that speed these so, dudes should be singing a di- the beatles are a different speed than bob dylan. so can we at one, least admit there, that? that one that's not rough for bob dude bob looked like he was holding on to the end of that song i'm not gonna trash bob dylan in this podcast
0: <laughs> i i apologize to the fans of tom petty that are still in mourning for him as well particularly as the, the, the still mourning Roy Orbison for ending the podcast with this. We still love Tom Petty. Please focus on the early part of the show. I, I just,
1: I had no idea that traveling woolberries existed. <laughs> they were a thing. The wall but, of, the, wall the, the strumming strumberries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the strumming circle. Yeah.
1: Oh, shit, man. That was rough.
0: Hey, did you guys know that he played a character on King of the Hill for like several years as a yeah.
2: character? <laughs> yeah. serious? Yeah. It was I a Boom that. Hour, was it? No. It was, um, hold on. They made a big deal about it. I remember he came out. Oh. What was this? I can't remember the character's name, but I remember there was a character that he did another underrated TV show of all time. Was he the Filipino neighbor's father?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Elroy Lucky Kleinschmidt. Schmidt. Uh. I'm trying to find the fucking discography for this guy. Make sure he didn't mm-hmm. miss anything, major. There's like one more song.
2: As long as it's not a Wilbur song, we're good. What song?
0: Hold on, I'm trying to find the singles. I think we're singles levels fans.
2: Tell me, the imagery of that strumming Zord isn't badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just picture each guitar spinning and slamming into it, each other. Shoo, 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 shoo.